0: Good morning, everyone. I'll greet you in Christ's name. It's good to see each one here, um, especially our visitors. So I'd like to to speak about fear this morning. <clears throat> and I I would say the first I would I would consider myself a, a fearful person. And my first experience that I remember being terribly afraid. Um. My aunts, when I was growing up, the uh, Juan and Betty. I'm not sure if Sandra was involved with it or not, but they would take us children to the zoo, us nieces and nephews. And you had to be a certain age, and I'm not sure. I don't remember how what that age was. Um, I want to say it was like maybe you had to be six years old to go or something like that. Maybe not quite that old. I don't know. But I remember we went. It was a blast. It was a lot of fun. But when I got home that night and was laying in bed, I just I remember the dread of thinking, what if I would have gotten lost at the zoo? And you know how zoos are. They have all these tiny little trails all over the place, and there's tons of people, and, you know, oh, I could have never found anybody that I knew ever again. And I remember going down the stairs in tears. Um, anyways, had a talk with Mom, and it was all better. <clears throat> but some people, some people enjoy being scared. Uh, fear is a big industry. There's horror movies and horror novels, and people love to, to be afraid. Um, when we did our last family camp out, camp out uh, we do a, a cabin every other year with my family. And we, we were out there, um, we got a cabin, and some of my um, younger, sen- senseless siblings <laughs> were, decided they're going to put their hammocks and sleep out on the, on the porch. And they decided that they're going to go out there and lay in their hammocks, and it's going to be all dark and everything, and they're going to turn on this podcast that talks about Bigfoot and these people that have seen Bigfoot and their stories. Why would you do that? (laughs) But for the most part, fear is uncomfortable. Like sometimes we we enjoy that, we enjoy the adrenaline and stuff, but um, we can always hit the power button, right? We can always shut it off. But fear is uncomfortable. We don't like it. It's stressful. Um, It causes me to lose sleep and it makes me do things that maybe later I would regret. Um, I might spend money on my fear. I might miss out on some experiences because of my fear. And I might not follow God's calling or God's, um, God's teaching because of my fear. It's great inner turmoil. It's like being in a prison. Fear is a great salesman. If, you can, if you're selling something and you can tie it to somebody's fear, your sales will go up. Revelation chapter 21, verses 6 through 8. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's interesting. God puts the fearful into the same category as he puts murderers, the unbelieving, the abominable. Two thoughts on this. What about fear is so bad or so damning that it will keep us out of heaven? And thought number two is, I am fearful. We are fearful. Does this mean that I won't go to heaven? You can turn to Genesis chapter 3. I want to look at the beginning of fear. We're going to start at verse 6. Genesis chapter three verse six. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldest not eat? So my first observation here is that fear comes from disobedience. Some fear does. We teach our children to fear authority, right? There's punishment. We teach them to fear the Lord. We teach them to care deeply about what he thinks of them. Why? Because of what he can do. And Adam was afraid to face God after he disobeyed him. This is Ecclesiastes 12, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. This is Solomon. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So I want you to think about fear as coming from disobedience. Fear can come from, it should come from disobedience. Um, But does that explain all fear? Um, Sometimes my fear looks like the disciples in the ship and they thought they were going to sink. Sometimes my fear looks like uh, Martha being upset with Mary for not helping. Sometimes it looks like the Israelites trapped against the Red Sea. And in, what's interesting in all these illustrations is the disciples were with Jesus. They were doing what was right. Um, Martha had a good intent. She was going to feed all the people, and you know she wanted to prepare a good meal for Jesus and his disciples. And the Israelites were doing what God commanded So let's let's think about fear a little bit and what's actually happening. Fear could be described, uh, maybe I don't know. We do, we rarely call it fear. We call it things like uh, panic or worry, um, concern, anxiety, and sometimes we call it stress. Um, when I started my company, somebody asked me if how I'm going to be able to handle the stress, and I knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was talking about, but he could have used the word fear and it would have been the same thing, what he was meaning. It can range anywhere. If you would put it on a scale or whatever, I mean, it can be anything from a nagging, a slight nagging fear to full-blown panic attack. And there's people that that have them. I don't know if you've experienced them or not. Um, but yeah, panic attacks, you can have like heart attack symptoms and things like that that can be... Be pretty hard on us. Fear is very hard on our bodies. But what is what is fear exactly? Um, is it an, an emotion? Kind of like you know, if you think about anger, love, you know, those things just kind of come out from us. So does fear in a way. So fear, or or let me back up. So we're created in the image of God, right? So God has anger, we have anger. God has love, we have love. We don't always exercise our how we're made in the image of God, we twist that. We sometimes make it sinful. But God has those things in perfectness. And, you know, God can have anger and complete righteousness, but we can't always. But where in the Bible does, does it say that God is afraid or God is is fearful? So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm asking these questions to get you thinking about it. Um, I think it kind of fits in with with our emotions, maybe. I don't know that it matters. Um, The closest, that I guess, that I thought about that God experiencing fear would have been Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and I'm not sure that it was fear. I I wouldn't say that it was. I I think he was more um, thinking about the suffering. I don't think he was afraid of it like what we would be. So what is it? Where does it come from? Why do we struggle with it, and how do, we overcome, how do we overcome it? And I have three things here that I want to talk about in describing fear. This is fear. Fear is normal. Fear is a normal experience for someone who doesn't know what is in the future. And our fear is always rooted in the future. And in our, in our fear, we always think it's in the immediate future. It's going to happen soon. They're probably going to fire me. I'll probably look like a fool. I'm probably going to get in a car wreck or a plane crash. I'm probably going to die. Someone will probably break in and assault me. They will probably reject my ideas. They will probably reject my friendship. This, fill in the blank, will probably happen. Not probably. It will happen. It will happen at this time, right? That's how our fear works. Another thing, it's normal. It's a normal experience for someone who doesn't have control over things. Someone who's powerless. Can you make it rain? Can you stop the storm? Can you stop a debilitating disease? It is a normal experience. It's normal for someone who values things or is full of desire. Our hearts are full of desires. On one hand, we have the things that we want and we hold on to those things. On the other side, we have these things that we don't want and we keep those at bay. I want this. I don't want that. And our fear is all tied into that. Fear comes when we have a desire, but we don't know the future and we're powerless to control it. I'm not, I want it, but I'm not sure if I will get it. Okay. So fear is normal. The next thing. That I would say that in thinking more about fear is that fear is worship. Psalm 56, verse 3 says, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Our, feel, our fear reveals what we trust or what we, what we worship, um, it drives us to action. It, yeah. So, in, in thinking about your fear, what brings calm? What satisfies your fear? If your fear? If you're afraid of a break-in, does it bring you calm to know that you have a handgun in the, in the dresser beside you? Does that, um, does that bring you more calm, or does it bring you more calm knowing that God is in control? So where do you go in your fear? What satisfies it? Uh, Medicine, security systems, food, a storm shelter. And what's interesting here is here we are back at the fall of man again, right? And how our fear is directly impacted by our relationship with God. Just like disobeying God brings fear, so does not trusting God. And you could say, well, it's the same thing, right? Not trusting him, disobeying him. And God will not share our worship. What's the difference between wanting a good crop of corn, and so you pray, but then you also maybe offer a sacrifice to Baal, like the children of Israel would have done? Um, what's the difference between that and being afraid of a break-in, and so you buy a security system? It seems fine and okay, like, oh, it's, you know, it. You know, what does God care if if I have, you know, if I make this sacrifice to Baal yet too, just so that my bases are covered, you know, cuz I'm not sure that, you know, God's going to completely take care of me. I'm just, you know, making sure that we're good here. And what do you find the most security? And I'll talk about that a little bit more later because I know you have some questions on that. <clears throat> And the other thing, or the the third thing, I guess, in talking about fear is that fear is complex. Um, There are many different fears. You name it, and somebody's afraid of it. Clowns, um, heights, caves. Um, Yeah, some people are claustrophobic. That's a fear of of being in a tight spot. And each one is different. Sometimes... um, Yeah, it's not helpful to sit here and talk about all the different kinds of fear because there's so many different, and they all have different um, desires that are tied to them. Sometimes in our experience of fear, there are influences. Um, And what I mean is, like, for me, if I don't get enough sleep, I can tell when I'm getting really low on sleep because I start to become a worrier. (laughs) And it's not good. So... Lack of sleep can influence it. Medication can influence it. Um, Some medication can cause worry and fear and panic attacks, things like that. Um, A major health event, like maybe, um, I don't know, giving birth or having a major surgery or something like that, can really um, affect it as well. Or even a close call that can stir up fears that maybe you have never thought about before. So... um, I don't know how you think about that, uh, if you think about that as an excuse or if you think about that as an influencer. I would say they're definitely true, um, but if you struggle with fear, don't automatically go chasing an influence. Um, possibly you have something, probably 90% don't. Um, I, I look at it as maybe just being in a little bit of a weakened state of mind, um, Maybe our minds are a little bit weak for a while. So give your, give your body time to heal. But yeah, they do they do ex, um, influence it. And, and another thing in being complex, our experiences aren't always 100% anger or 100% love or 100% fear or whatever. Sometimes it's 40% fear, 30% anger, 30% love, and it's, yeah, we, we have to sort through it and think about it. Fear is complex. I have some advice here for you. If you're struggling with an influencer, I would say do what you can to ease the effects. So get more sleep. Um, Change your medication if possible. Sometimes that's not possible. And give your body time to heal. Remember, it's not an excuse. We're just in a weakened state. And I believe that God understands. But use this time. Use this time to strengthen your faith. And then trace your fear. Think deeply about it. Does it come from disobedience or from a desire? And then trace your desires. What would it mean to you if your greatest fear would happen, would become reality? So here's, here's an example. What am, Or some example questions, I guess. What am I afraid of? Okay? Um. Why am I afraid of that? What is the reason? And is that the root or does it lead to a stronger desire? Um, an example of this is duck boats. And I will not set foot on a duck boat. (laughs) No, that's not true. But I, so I, so you know what a duck boat is? It's these, it's these buses or whatever that you take a tour in and you, then they drive out in the water, and they drive around, and you, yeah, it's it's a tour thing where you go see the city or see the harbor or whatever. And a couple of years ago, there was one out, I'm not sure, it was out west somewhere or whatever that sank, and there was 17 people that were killed. And so I, yeah, I got on YouTube and watched the video of it, and that put the fear <laughs> in me. Yeah, you, I mean, somebody videoed that thing just sinking lower and lower in the waves, and you think of all the poor people inside that couldn't get out. Yeah, 17 people were killed. Now, what am I afraid of? <clears throat> I'm not afraid of sinking duck boat. Okay? What I'm really afraid of is having my children along. I I would go on a duck boat by myself, no problem. I can swim and I can grab a life jacket or whatever, but I don't want my children along. Okay? But I'm not scared of having my children along I'm scared of having to make that choice Of which one do you save Because you can't save them all, right? And what would you do in that situation? And now you know that duck boats have nothing to do with it, right? Sometimes our small fears lead to a bigger fear and keep tracing it. Look for patterns. Like sometimes, you know, this also, this same fear of what would happen to my children can come, come out in different areas. Like you might be scared of somebody kidnapping your children, and it's the same thing. It's just coming out in a different way. And, yeah, think about your fear as a pathway to your desire. Some fears are scary. As you turn around and, and face your fear and think about it, I don't know, you might start having a panic attack. Um, it it happens. Get somebody to help you. And then God speaks. Some more advice here. What does God say about my desire? So we have, you know, if, if we're struggling with disobedience, that's pretty obvious. You know, if we're fearing disobedience, um, If we're fearing punishment, well, I have this conversation with my children all the time, then don't do the wrong thing, right? Um, If we're struggling with an evil evil desire, then we need to repent of our evil desire. Like somebody who's afraid um, to do something because of what other people will think of them. Well, that's kind of a desire rooted in pride, and I would say that's something maybe you more need to repent of. Um, but some things like, uh, well, like, the, like, like Martha, I guess, making a meal. Like she had a really good intent. Um, it just wasn't getting done, and she needed Mary's help. She was afraid of what would happen if it didn't get done. Some of those things, we, we need to trust him with a good desire. And the the Bible may not say anything about being afraid of duck boats, but it does have something to say about God caring for us and caring for our children. God may not, the Bible doesn't say anything specifically about people breaking into our home, okay? But listen to this this is 2 Kings 6 15 through 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, and host host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. So the servant woke up early, went out to look outside, and there was this huge army that was surrounding the city. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? They're going to come in here, they're going to torture us and kill us. And he answered, "Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them." And Elisha prayed and said, "Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see." And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elijah or Elisha. That is that speaks into our fear, right? Because I believe that God cares for us the same way that He cares for that He cared for Elisha. Just like uh, I thought Mark's opening this morning was really good, he talked about nothing comes to us that that doesn't come through God's hand, that doesn't meet God's approval. And David spoke in the Psalms about fear. Read it. He went through some terrifying times and he wrote about how he was afraid and he trusted in God. And have faith. Trust in the Lord. He cares for you. Make faith in God a part of you. It isn't easy, but trust in the Lord. And God knows God knows how we're bent to do the wrong thing. We're bent to go our own way. He knows we're powerless. He knows we don't control the future. He knows our first response is to not trust Him. And yet, He reaches out to us. And sometimes we don't know. Sometimes all it takes is learning more about God and who he is and be like, oh, really? I didn't know that was in the Bible, that God talked about that. It's just a growing in wisdom. But sometimes we know what the Bible says, but we're just not sure we believe it. For those anxious about our wealth and things here on earth, he says to lay up treasure in heaven. For those anxious about food and clothes, or things related to that, I would say, he says that he will provide so, grow in your faith. Put it to practice. If our faith, if you think about your faith as a scale of 1 to 10, you know, maybe a new believer has a faith of 1. And someone who's been through it and has walked with God his entire life, maybe has a faith of 10. But maybe we're at a 3. And let's not aim for a 10 tomorrow. Let's aim for a. You know, if we're at a three, let's aim for a four, and let's get there. Let's, let's take time. God will work with us and help us grow. So have faith. So some, some final thoughts here. Um, removing fear is not removing wisdom, okay? So having a storm shelter here in Indiana is a good idea because we have tornadoes every now and then, um, a year or two ago, there's a tornado that took the barn roof of our neighbor, or uh, part of the barn roof, and took part of the silo down. And there was a lot of damage out on County Road 44 close to our house. It didn't hit our place, but <clears throat> having a, a storm shelter is a really good idea. That's wise. Trusting in a shor- storm shelter is not. Um, there's a. There's a. um House that I'm working on right now that has a storm shelter and it's I think it was a really good idea, but it's just a terrible design. So it's all encased in concrete. and It has one door that opens into the basement of the house. Well, what happens if you have a tornado and you run in there and you're safe in there and the house falls down and now you're stuck in there? (laughs) Trusting in a storm shelter is not a good idea. You can run to the basement. You can still die in the basement. Trusting in a life jacket when you're on the duck boat is not a good idea. Um, you're, yeah, the strap can break. Things can happen. It's, it's wise to take good steps um, so that we're not foolish. Um, but let's not trust in these things, let's put our trust in the Lord. So in thinking about that, I, I think wisdom and fear can kind of be a little bit uh, mistaken for each other. Like you may watch somebody that's doing something like that and you might think, wow, that person is really living in fear. Don't assume that. Um, they might be taking some steps in wisdom. Is it possible to live a life without fear? I think we should strive for that. Um, in, in our Christian walk, we start our Christian walk in the fear of the Lord, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, imagine standing before God on Judgment Day and not being right. That's the start of our walk with the Lord. Fear of the Lord, knowing that we're not okay. And then His perfect love casts out that fear. So the way that God loves us He invites us into his family. He calls us children. He has mercy and grace on us. He forgives our sin. He's preparing a place for us. He gives us the Spirit. When we understand his great love for us, it casts out our fear. Now, our relationship with him is complex, and it's, you know, there's still fear mixed in, I believe, at times when we need it. But the main theme of our relationship with God is now love. And then I believe as we grow in trust in him, the things of this earth become a lot less fearful. So yes, I believe it's possible to live without fear, although I'll be the first one to say I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, I have conquered some fear. I'm struggling with others, and I believe I have yet to experience some. So, And God will make you better. God will test you. Um, he's going to see if you truly do trust him. Don't be surprised if you have a, a great fear in life and it happens. God sends us through hard times. Um, he watches over us, but just like a parent pushes their child to maturity, I believe that God does that with us too. Spiritual maturity. Sometimes He allows us to suffer to accomplish some good thing for His kingdom. So I want you, I want to encourage you to join with me in the struggle with fear. Turn and face it. Remember that it's a struggle with the desires of the heart more than it is a struggle with fear. Learn what God says. Exercise your faith. Do the work. Make these stories in Scripture a part of your faith. And then just know that God understands. He knows where you're at, He knows you're working on it, He's there to help. It's just like any other struggle with sin or unbelief. He understands and is ready to help. And I want to leave you with this. Second Samuel twenty two, starting at verse one. And God spake unto the Lord, and David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies, and out of the hand of Saul, and he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, and my refuge, my saviour. Thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. When the waves of death compassed me, the floods of ungodly men made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compassed me about. The snares of death prevented me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. And then going to verse 17 He sent from above, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them that hated me, for they were too strong for me. They prevented me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my stay. He brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. I just think that that last phrase, he delivered me because he delighted in me, is really neat. And God will deliver you too because he delights in you. Why don't we pray? Father in heaven, I just want to pray for each one here this morning, um, myself included, I guess, as we struggle with fear, as we struggle with the desires of our hearts and struggle with faith and trust in you, help us to make wise decisions in our life um, when we're faced with our fear, help us to, um, to search out to know wisdom, and help us to put our trust in you. Um, these things are hard, Father, and just thank you for being patient with us and for loving us through it all. And thank you for being a strong um, a strong tower for us to take refuge in. in your name, we pray. Amen.